Astrology is your story, human design is your strategy, energy is the work, and hi, I'm your girl Neha. Welcome to the Thinking About Life podcast. This is where we ponder about all the things from a spiritually curious and therapeutic lens. You'll hear in-depth and energizing interviews, inspired riffs, educational series on astrology and human design, and so much more. Ready to create your unique version of soulful success and live your yummiest life? Keep listening for more. Welcome to the podcast, Gene Keys, Human Design Extraordinaire, Maria. Oh my God. I love that. I love extraordinaire. I think that's, I'll probably change that, that to my bio. Yes. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Me too. Oh my gosh. So we were just co-working the other week and I was just asking you a few questions about Gene Keys and then I was like, come on my podcast and let's talk about this for an hour or so. And I was like, hell yeah. Just sacral responding back and forth. So before we get into the meat and the potatoes, tell everyone your sun, moon, and rising and like your mini, uh, spoiler alert, your mini gen, your type and your authority and your profile. Yes, I'm all about the cosmic profiling. Hi, I'm Maria. I am a Capricorn sun, Scorpio moon like Neha and Aquarius rising. And I'm a manifesting generator in human design, emotional, and I'm a quad, which you just discovered. So that's a fact. (laughs) Amazing. So how did you find human design and gene keys and how has it changed your life? Oh, the second part of that question I could talk about for a long time, but how I discovered it. So long story short, I found my way back to like manifestation around the same time that I found myself in the world of like online courses around 2019. Mm -hmm. And I was also listening to a lot of podcasts and on one of the podcasts that I was listening to, which was an online business podcast, she uh, would ask people just like you did. She would cosmically profile people for before the interview. So it wasn't like they were talking about human design, but she, she would ask, what's your human design type? And I, that was the first time that I actually heard it. But then I didn't actually hear or learn anything about human design until I discovered Lacey Phillips' work where she has you pull your chart to look and see your view arrow and see if you're mm-hmm. a specific or a non-specific manifester, which is a Genozoe interpretation. So mm-hmm. that's actually again, around 2019, like earlier on in 2019, I know it was like at least before summertime. Cause that's when I like really dove into all this work is when I, yeah, like first pulled my chart and was like, what the heck? So that's how I found it. I didn't jump into human design right away because as you, the first time you pull your chart, you're like, what the fuck am I looking at? Like, this is so complicated. Like all the colors and the arrows and whatever. Now, of course it now means something to me, but when you first see it, it doesn't mean anything. But yeah, so that's how I discovered it. A couple podcasts and then getting back into online courses and like pulling my chart to see how I could manifest better according to Lacey Phillips' work, which I still do her work and I love it. But how it's changed my life, it's been, there's so many, there's so many answers to that question. One of the most tangible ways was actually when I first learned about being a manifesting generator. It was one of the three straws that broke the camel's back in terms of allowing me to finally take the leap to starting my business. So it was right around that time, right at the end of 2019 that I started this business and I didn't go full time into it until I dove into really seeing that a manifesting generator just like we don't do well in nine to five environments you know what I mean I remember Mm -hmm. Jenna Zoe talking about how some days we have these bursts of energy and we want to work for 16 hours a day and then other days we just like don't want to work and like that consistency of having to show up nine to five just isn't for us and so that actually helped me mm. so much i just felt so seen and that's when i was like yeah fuck it i'm never gonna work in a nine to five and then i just went and started my business or went into it full time rather than mm-hmm. having it as like a side hustle as it was for a bit and then other than that it's just been a series of like consistent not consistent, but yes, consistent, but more continual is the word I was looking for. Continual breakthroughs in seeing myself, understanding myself, Mm -hmm. mapping real life experiences to my design that then give me a handle on what happened and how that was either perfectly aligned or maybe something was showing me that I was out of alignment or something like that. It's just been such a consistent source of like guidance and grounding throughout everything Mm -hmm. that I've done. So that's been really powerful just in life and business. So yeah, we can talk a lot more about that, but that's mainly been like, if I could wrap it up in a bow, that would be what yeah, I-, I love that. I so relate when I learned I was a manifesting generator and 
I was actually really burnt out when I first learned. I think this is like September 2017 is when a mentor introduced human design to us like in a group and mm-hmm. there were a couple generators. There was me, the mini gen, and then there was like two or three projectors. And I remember her describing the projector and I was like are you sure I'm not a projector because Mm. my Manny Gen self was basically using all my energy to do things I wasn't lit up about that my sacral wasn't behind and so I actually wasn't even I couldn't see it at first I'm a big believer that like your body already knows your design it's more about unlearning rather than learning who you are so then I think back as being a kid and I was like eight years old and I was like I'm gonna be a doctor and an actress and a hairstylist an architect all at the same time duh Um, I've just always been very manifesting generator and now that I'm doing work that lights me up that I am like a hell yeah to and a lot of my clients who are newer to human design would always be like what the heck is responding like I just don't get Mm. responding and I'm like it's just being engaged with the world around you and instead of coming at it from your head space coming at it from like a body engagement space yeah no I completely agree and it's funny I get like emotional when I think of the fact that I was a manifesting generator like my whole life I'm like oh I wish I like had known that I just see my like little version of me and being like it's not that I became a manifesting generator in 2019 when I discovered it it's like when I was 10 I was a manifesting generator so yeah I love that you like brought that up too because I think about that a lot and I actually haven't really ever said that out loud or to really Mm. talked about being a child when it comes to having our designs as well so yeah like being what we are now but as children but yeah I love your your description of responding I definitely agree and I also am such a believer that we already know our designs this is why you I can guarantee that you've had this experience (laughs) where you give someone a reading and they feel like personally attacked they're like how do you know this about me and it's like yeah because you already know this about you I'm just giving you some like new language that you've never known you know before because human design is a different language and like giving you the explanation as to how it works so Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I remember vividly this one session where I broke down the manifesting generator strategy like the layers of there's pieces of informing to people who it's relevant to and the responding or the waiting to respond and all that and my client who had never heard of their human design before was like, yeah. So I literally just started a coffee shop with my husband and it was step by step. The strategy that I had outlined. (laughs) Exactly. You got it, girl. Mm -hmm. And even speaking to like kids and like being a kid, I have a younger sister. She's 11 right now. And she's also a manifesting generator. And I let her or not let her, she does her own thing, but Instead of me trying to like control what she does, if she wants to start things and quit things, great. Amazing. You bought a ukulele and now you, it's a year later and you're not really into it at the moment. Cool. (laughs) I'm not going to force you to play the ukulele. I'm dying because I left my ukulele in LA the last time I was there because I bought it (laughs) and I didn't and I stopped using it and I left it at my friend's place. So yes, again, personally attacked, but that's so (laughs) funny. Permission yeah. slips for all my Manny Gens to, yes. to, to, it's okay. You don't have to follow through within that moment or at all when you start something. Some things you might come back to and some things were great for that time that you did it. Completely, completely mm-hmm. agree. Mm-hmm. So I like to say astrology is your story because it really helps you see your yourself as a character, the different characters in your life. It helps you see like your transits, the different chapters, what's going on in different areas of your life. Then I like to say human design is your strategy because it's it answers that question of how, like how do I do this yeah. really well? Or like, how do I come to this decision? And how your vehicle moves through the world. And I also feel like human design is so beautiful because it shows you what you're doing without doing anything. Your channels are the rules you naturally play. So if human design is your story and, oh, wait, if astrology is your story (laughs) and human design is your strategy, what would you say Gene Keys is? Yeah, that's a great question. Gene Keys is, I love that question, especially framed in like your, the way that you see it. So the way Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll respond by saying the way that I typically describe human design and Gene Keys, and then we can mix it into Mm -hmm. how you've seen things because 
the way that I describe it is human design is, a, is what you said. It's a map of the vehicle. It's like, how does the vehicle mm -hmm. function? What's your strategy? What's your determination? What's the correct environment for you? Like, how does mm -hmm. it, how do you move energy through your body? Literally, like from one center to the other, how does that work? What channel do you have or not have? So it's just about the physical, right? Of course, there's uh, there's incarnation, cross, and purpose and things like that. It's mostly about the vehicle. How does that body work? The gene keys is a two-part thing. There's It's a path because you're seeing, like, gene keys is not who you are. Human design mm -hmm. is more about who you are. The gene keys is what you're is like the journey that you're on it's this like path the way that it's described as path to elimination or the golden path is how the, the profile that you pull when you pull your gene keys chart it's really a path it's called the golden path so that's like a more practical way of looking at it like this path that we're on but the other part that is not practical or that is kind of more on the ethereal side is it's just a contemplation it's just this contemplation of these archetypes that we have inside of us and the more that you can mm. contemplate them the more layers you begin to unfurl and the results of those furling of those layers and unpacking of all of that is like very intangible and tangible and very surprise and delighty kind of thing like you never know how it's going to affect you if, mm. if, if astrology is your story and human design is your strategy i would say gene keys is like the pandora's box like uno reverse card <laughs> the wild card of like whatever i don't know in a fun way but then it's also another path another path that you're on wow i love that i, I love that <laughs> because i feel like it roots into the tradition of the I Ching, where which is where like the gene keys and the gates comes from i was like what i know of the I Ching is it is super super ancient i was looking it up and i don't know when it came to be but it predates dynasties because at first I was like they didn't really teach us much outside of American and European history in our school so I was like using what I knew I was like what dynasty did it come from and then I looked it up no dynasty it predates predates that era um, of Chinese history and it is translates to the book of changes and it's a divination tool that's rooted in contemplation and sitting with it and letting the path unfurl in front of you in which you said like the Pandora's box yeah, no, exactly. And and the founder of the Gene Keys, Richard Rudd, was a student of the I Ching first. So he mm. already had studied the I Ching and then discovered Ra and was like, whoa, this guy mapped the hexagrams to degrees in this in the in the sky to astrology, mm. to the astrological wheel. Who the fuck is this guy? And so then he like studied with Ra, but it through his studies with Ra and through previous like spiritual experiences that he had had before, Richard downloaded and developed the gene keys further. And it continues to develop because he's alive and he continues yes. to get these kinds of downloads when it comes to the paths and the sequences. Like there's a new, there's three sequences right now in the golden path. And there's a fourth sequence that is currently being revealed. And we already wow. see the shape and we know what it's about, but we're not really sure because he hasn't told us yet. And so we're anxiously waiting to see what this like fourth sequences so. so mysterious i know it's fun and it's so practical and a personal attack at the same time just like mm -hmm. human design you know what i mean so it's very interesting it's very practical you see exactly how your jinkies play out in your life but then you start getting to the more spiritual and like esoteric parts of the the jinkies teachings and you're like whoa mm -hmm. like I am in outer space. I'm no longer in Earth. Like, what is happening? It gets very, like, spiritual and mystical. So it's really, it's a fun teaching for sure. Yeah. What has been some of your reflections or contemplations with you sitting with your own gene keys, maybe on a practical side and on a not so practical ethereal side yeah. as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So to give you guys listening if you've never heard of the gene keys and you know how mm -hmm. even if you haven't dove into this too much yet either a, a quick recap or, or like a gene review. keys overview yeah so there's the three sequences like i was talking about with the gene keys and and the points along the sequence are called the spheres and then the lines that connect the two are called the pathways and the mm -hmm. spheres are actually gates in your human design you know, charts. So they are mm -hmm. specific gates that were activated by specific planetary placements, except in the Gene Keys chart, we're not looking at the body, we're just looking at this path. And so we're only really taking 11 of those planetary placements. So essentially, this map, right, takes astrology and Gene Keys and, or, and, the, and the I Ching and puts them in a 
linear path that you follow. The three sequences are purpose. So the first one is called the, the purpose sequence or the, the genius or activation sequence where you activate your purpose. The second sequence is called the Venus sequence and it's all about opening your heart and active opening to partnership. And the third sequence is called the pearl sequence, which is all about exchanging your gifts in the world for money, like in prosperity, being in prosperity. And it's always about service, like being in service. So I've been contemplating these sequences for a while. I've been contemplating my purpose and how I've, what's my purpose in the, in the context of the gene keys. The Venus sequence is a lot of like inner child work and how mm. do you, what are the wounds that you've experienced growing up, these shadows of these gene keys. And then I've been using the pearl sequence a lot in my business. And I specifically use it when it comes to creating offers and marketing, like the pearl sequence is very practical for that. Let me share some insights. And I guess one more thing to know about the gene keys that makes it so powerful is that what we do, what the gene keys does, I was like, what we do in the gene keys, we don't do anything in the gene keys. I'm not part of the gene keys like committee. <laughs> what the gene keys does is it takes each of these hexagrams or the I Ching or each of these gates of human design. And it tells you, you could be operating in that gate in a shadow frequency. So a low state of suffering, a gift frequency, which is in this kind of like human genius state of service, or in a Siddic frequency, which is a Sanskrit word actually, and it's in this like surrender state of enlightenment. You have gate 56 as your conscious sun, but are you in the shadow state of that or are you in the Siddic frequency of that? We wanna know, cause you, when you look at your human design chart, you see this potential of this person. It's the same thing with the gene keys. You're like, wow, this person could be in enrichment or intoxication, which is the, the gift of your, uh, the gift and city of your conscious son, or you could be in distraction, being That's a victim of distractions. Yeah. <laughs> and what are the, where do you fall along that spectrum of consciousness, shadow or fully surrender, like Siddic state? Okay. So that's a bit of a breakdown of the gene keys. Mm -hmm. And so some practical insights for me, just overall contemplating any of the shadows have just been like, wow, yes, I can see where I've been in the specific shadow in this place in my life. So that's been a really handy tool when it comes to shadow work. It's what is like a thing inside me showing me that I need to evolve in some way. So that's been super practical and helpful. Uh, an example of that would be my conscious son, which I have 50, uh, I have the gate 54, but I have it five times in my chart. So I have it like very strongly activated. Mm -hmm. The gift is aspiration. It's this Capricorn energy that aspires to more. But what's the shadow side of that when we're operating it? When somebody is super aspirational in a shadow state, what are they? They're greedy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the shadow is greed. And so I can see this, the parts of me that are very greedy and that like only focus on like more for me. Yeah, we can talk about it in my business, but thinking about it in my family, right? Like I know that you and I have been living with our families for a bit and living with people. What does that look like for me? I, when I buy something at the grocery store, I'm like, this is mine. Like none of you can eat it. And it's like, it's so greedy. Like I'm living with everybody mm -hmm. else. Like when everyone else buys stuff, like they all, they share it with me and they don't have a problem with that. But I buy the cookies and I fucking hide them because I'm like so greedy. <laughs> like that's, it's, it is the greed instead of this, the 54 is a tribal energy. It's really for the tribe. It's for the community. And so that I could be, instead of sharing it with the rest of my community, but I, but sometimes I choose not to. I, I choose to be greed. Yeah. So that's been a really practical thing. But one of the, one of my first like super big breakthroughs with it, with it was going through the activation sequence, which is the first one. And the four mm -hmm. points along the path are the four gates of your incarnation cross. So it's the same in the gene mm -hmm. keys. It's all about purpose. Human design says it's your incarnation cross. Gene key says it's your activation sequence, but it's the same gates. The pathway that you follow is your life's work is your conscious sun. It's what you do all the time. Your conscious earth is your evolution. It's your grounding and your strength, but it also pushes you to evolve. Your unconscious sun is your radiance. It's the thing that keeps you healthy. It's your inner light. And then your unconscious earth is your purpose. It's like how you do everything. And you follow it along on that path. You go conscious sun, conscious earth, then unconscious sun, then unconscious earth. And the biggest breakthrough for me was seeing that for me to take any sort of level up. I needed to overcome the shadows of 54 and 53, which are my conscious sun and earth. I needed to unlock health through my intuition, which is 57, which is my radiance, mm -hmm. my unconscious sun. And the most difficult part about it is to ground it all into your core stability, which is that last pathway is you'd need to take it back down to your unconscious earth. That is like the most like grounding stable force in your life and for me it's the gate mm. of shock <laughs> so wow for me to commit to my purpose i need to be very shocking and so an initiating which is the gift of, of 51 is initiation mm -hmm. um 
not an initiation like manifestors that initiate things. It's initiation like spiritual initiation. You're being initiated mm -hmm. into something. So that was just a very, wow, okay. That's a really intense conscious sun or, or conscious uh, unconscious earth. That's a very intense purpose. Yeah. Like I, I, I read for someone yesterday who that placement for her was the gate of joy. And I was like, I'm jealous. I wish I could just ground into my joy and that would be like grounding into my purpose, but I need to shock people. So I'm yeah. looking so at mine, gate 28. I'm like, cool, gate of struggle. Love that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you kind of ground into your totality and into your mm -hmm. immortality of this game player. Yeah, that's a really cool gate. I love gate 28. Mm. I have 38 on the other side, but not 28. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so those are some breakthroughs with the gene keys that I've had. That's so cool. And I love how you explain that so practically. I love how you describe the radiance of that is your health. And for me, I'm looking at it and mine is gate 27 or gene key 27. And like for a long time, I've said things like live a yummy life, live a yummy life, live a mm. yummy life. And if you just look at my astrology chart, I have no placements in Taurus. But then if you pull up my human design and see the unconscious side of my chart, my unconscious son is in Taurus, this very earthy, connected mm. to resources, food, like sensual pleasure. So like a fucking course, live a yummy life is born <laughs> from that energy. But also there's this energy of just from what I know from not, not the gene keys, but the gates in human design is this is like a very caretaking gate, but often at the detriment to themselves. And I'm just like, ah, cool. Love that. Cause there's been times where in my business, I've tried to be so ethical. Like I don't want to harm, but it's if you're a human being, you're going to harm and you're going to be harmed. It's how you handle it afterwards. That really speaks to your character. But it was trying to do all these ethical things. Or I think about the fact that I spent months working on the human design library and I initially launched it for free. Now it's available for sale for $97, shameless plug. But the <laughs> fact that I didn't even read, it didn't even register in my mind at that time that I'm pouring so much time and effort into this project and I didn't charge for it for a while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's interesting and what you don't see in the genetic matrix chart that you're seeing there is that mm -hmm. with with each of the shadows, we can break them down even further because you see there, you're like the shadow of Gene Keys 27 is selfishness, but we yes. always have a, re a repressive and a reactive nature mm -hmm. of the shadow. The repressive nature is when you're doing that shadow to yourself and the reactive nature is when you're like doing it to everybody else, mm -hmm. fuck them. And the repressive shadow of Gene Key 27 is self-sacrificing cries yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's this like self-sacrificing mm -hmm. person but yourself but you self-sacrifice out of a state of victimhood and so it's mm -hmm. still a shadow state because right. the shadow state is always uh victimhood versus mm -hmm. the gift is altruism and you could say that oh a mother who is so self-sacrificing she's so altruistic okay yeah but is she a victim of her self-sacrifice or is she mm -hmm. like super empowered and gives freely then it's altruism but right. if she's a victim of her self-sacrifice then she's in the shadow of selfishness because it's still selfish because she still wants to get the attention for being self-sacrificing or whatever we could say mm -hmm. we could say whatever that person might want or whatever their agenda might be so for you that might have been a victim of self-sacrifice kind of moment mm -hmm. or like or a self-sacrificing kind of moment and now instead when you can give freely you can be more you can actually truly be altruistic which then yes. unlocks health within you and that radiance mm, i love that <laughs> the jinkies are a good time a good time for sure I got lost in the contemplation and there you go. What's coming okay. up for you? Yeah. Any, any, any insights? Because we can dive into this if you want. For sure. I'm just like looking. It's interesting seeing like the same gates, like placements that I've studied, like in an astrology chart or in a human design chart. Now looking at it through this Gene Keys lens. So one thought that I had earlier is like the, the studying that I have done in the Gene Keys, I do know like the Venus sequence, like each of those spheres connects to a like different age. And that kind of reminds yeah. me of what I learned in my coaching training about like the subconscious mind, like from mm -hmm. zero to seven, you're a sponge. And like from certain ages, you're in different stages in development. You, you even, I study that even in psychology. And so it's really interesting if you could speak to the Venus sequence a little bit. Yeah, I'd be happy to. And what's interesting is that those are, it's funny because we see the, it's the Eric Erickson, like 
like stages of development or whatever mm-hmm. um like from zero to seven seven to 14 but it's also like saturn cycles which is just so funny literally so, right it's, it's just ridiculous okay so let's break down the venus sequence and by the way if you guys are listening and you want to pull this up too just go to genekeys.com yes. slash free dash profile or just go to genekeys.com and write in the menu it'll say free profile and you can mm-hmm. pause us and pull up your profile and then we can look at it together because yes. then it will, it's it's easier when you have a visual in front of you i'm a very visual person okay and the jinkies sequence so the green the four green spheres on the outside of the chart that's the first sequence the activation sequence and then mm-hmm. we start the venus sequence which is the red from that bottom, that very bottom key, because we have the the blended sphere, like the purpose mm-hmm. from the activation sequence becomes the purpose with the Venus sequence. So there's a blend mm. there. And then we start to move up. So it actually goes up and snakes up and around. So that first key in your activation sequence, it's the kind of purpose. It's how you do everything when it comes to carrying out your life's work. But in the Venus sequence, it's you get to commit to your purpose because you could either compromise it for relationships right or you could stay true to who you are and call in the right people so that first pathway is called the pathway of dharma because your job is to stay committed to your purpose regardless of where of who is who's in your life you can't be like yeah i'm gonna be initiation which is my i'm going to be totality but then you get around your mom and you're like just kidding wait who am i purposelessness you know what i mean we Mm -hmm. compromise our purpose for our relationships so it can either be your biggest attractor to the right people or it can be your biggest problem in relationships is that purpose key so then from there you move up that pathway of dharma yeah it's fun you move up that pathway of dharma and you reach your unconscious moon which in the gene keys is the attraction sphere because the the moon is like our driving force in the gene keys it's this like this in human design too, the the moon is like the eldest daughter archetype. It's this very Mm -hmm. attractive, beautiful kind of archetype. And so in the jinkies, it's how do you get what you want? It's using that attraction sphere. And so for you having jinky 49 there, it's if you don't get what you want, maybe you're super reactive, which is the shadow of gate 49. So yes, 39. Okay. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So Jinky 39. So if you, so say you don't get what you want or you try to get what you want, the shadow of Jinky 39 is provocation, just pushing people's buttons just for like the sake of pushing Mm. their buttons. And because it's cancer, so you're like very psychic and knowing about what people's buttons are, Mm. you can pick up on them, but you might be like pushing people's buttons for just for the sake of doing so. Or it could be the gift of dynamism. You could attract people through your, like dynamism seeks liberation. It's I want to free you from your traps. I want you to be liberated. I want you to know how powerful you are. It's a root center gate. It's let's unleash all this root pressure to grow. And so you might attract people just through being super dynamic and just being free in yourself. And Or you could get the things that you want, but be detached from needing to have it, which is that energy of dynamism, just like the state of freedom. And you can see the city is liberation, right? Like true freedom. So the attraction sphere is like, how do you get what you want? And right after that pathway of Dharma, after we pass through the attraction sphere, it's the pathway of karma because you attract the people who are going to help you carry out your purpose, who are going to help you to open your heart and carry out your gifts in the world. And then we get to the IQ, EQ, SQ, and core. And those mirror the activation sequence. They're pretty, they're similar in the sense of how the the IQ and EQ are conscious versus the SQ and core are unconscious, right? Mm -hmm. On the activation sequence, life's work and evolution are conscious. And then we move into the unconscious. So we go through two conscious placements and then to two unconscious placements. And we start, we work backwards. So in your attraction sphere, you said you wanted to attract these people to carry out your purpose. So now we're going to go through your childhood and see if you actually are going to do that, if you actually say what you mean. So your IQ, being your conscious Venus, is ages like 21 plus. This is like the, actually, sorry, it's 21 to 14. It's like the teenage mind is this mm-hmm. person. So we're going through your IQ and we're saying, does your teenage mind believe that like you can that you can have what you want, that you can carry out your purpose. Mm. That's the IQ. And so the line keynote there, your line three, the flexible mind, it's all about how your mind works and like how does how do the limiting beliefs show up and the gene key spheres will be for you for extra contemplation. Then we move to the EQ, which is your conscious Mars. So now we're from ages 14 to seven, which is the like tween, the like tweenager. Right. <laughs> and so your like tween self is like, 
super emotional and it's like, do, do, do they say that they know what they want do they are they do they feel worthy or whatever like mm. you said you wanted this now what does your tween self have to say about it and so it's about you can see that the line keynote there like self-esteem self-sabotage for a line one and there's other keynotes i may line a six there i believe so it's like respect and disrespect it's like all these like very mm. emotional keynotes of like how we deal with when we get what we want versus when we don't get what we want and then the sq is from uh seven to zero so it's like how do you just deal with joy and sadness as a child? How did you deal with those things? And what did you need? And that's where the line keynote comes in. So for a line one for you, you needed like certainty. For a line three for me there, I needed like pleasure and adventure. That's what was gonna fill, fulfill my like childhood self the best. And so we get to heal that like youngest part of us. But then we get to your core. And, and by the way, the SQ is your unconscious Venus. And then the core is your unconscious Mars. And that is like the deepest kind of core wound that we have. And simultaneously, it becomes your core. So it's very similar to that purpose sphere of the activation sequence where you ground that in and you're like, that's my mm -hmm. earth. Here in the core, you get to the most mortifying, horrific shadow and embrace it. And from that place, you become like unfuckwithable because you right. have grounded into your purpose, which is that con unconscious earth, healed and looked at that like deepest shadow of you and, and accepted it. And then from there is when we get into the pearl sequence, which is all about money. But we don't get to that place of giving our gifts for in service in exchange for money until we've claimed our purpose and opened up our heart at least one time. Because then the joke mm. is... Every time you want to level up, you go through the sequence again. Healing so, is a spiral. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's why this profile is called a hologenetic profile because it's just holographic. You can start at any key and you'll start to just, it's like a Russian nesting doll. You just, you, you can start yeah. with your pearl if you want, but then you'll just go right back to your life store. You can start with attraction, mm -hmm. but then you'll eventually find your way back into your radiance. And so... You can start wherever you want. You'll always go in a line, in a circle, in a spiral, like you just said. Wow, wow, wow. That's so cool. And it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. We hear a lot about like inner child work, but that also involves inner teenage work and even like young adult, your young adult self or different inner child work. I feel like people, there was like a phase on Instagram where everyone was like, I hate inner child work. I was like, y'all just say you don't know what it's about and move on. My God, I love it. <laughs> That's how yes. I felt. Because it's it's not really about sitting and drawing and acting like a child. It's about getting your younger selves on board with your adult self and letting your healthy adult presence, if we come at it from like an um, attachment work lens, it's about attuning your healthy adult presence to those younger parts of you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I like to see it too, as like that your adult self, like has the wheel and mm -hmm. sometimes your inner child takes the wheel and is like, we need this. And you're like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> I can give you that, but just not in that crazy way that you're about to do it. Let's mm -hmm. actually heal what you actually need. Let me give you what you actually need. I got it. I'm, I, like You're safe. Like I'm taking care of you now. I think inner child work is the fucking best thing ever. Yeah. I, and it doesn't have to be shadowy and like scary and like super difficult mm -hmm. it absolutely can there's times when it can if you want to dive into the really difficult stuff and it also doesn't have to be like drawing with crayons like you're saying <laughs> it, it's just for me at least it's like small moments every day of ooh, like i just reacted in a way that like my 14 year old mm -hmm. self would react what does she need right now what's going on so exactly exactly yeah. And it's also things like I feel like a lot of people turn to like coaching or human design or all these different things when they feel a lack of purpose. And so much that I've worked with so many clients, it comes back to whether it's an indirect path or a direct path to it. It's what did you enjoy as a kid? And it, it comes back up as an adult. I think about, yeah. I have a defined heart in my human design chart. And it's this energy of knowing what you want. And I think about younger me being like, I want to be a doctor and an actress. I want to entertain people and I want to help people heal. And mm -hmm. while I'm not necessarily a doctor or an actress now, I'm doing those same exact things. And even for people with an undefined heart, finding instead of amplifying the desires of the people around you, coming back to what it is that you wanted. Yeah. And also I think, the undefined heart needs permission to to ch like change their desires flow with their desires and not just stick to to one thing mm. yeah 
A hundred percent as an undefined heart myself. I appreciate that permission for sure. Cause I do change what I want all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's so crazy how all this, it always brings you back to like, I don't know your childhood, just like you're saying, it's like the it's gene keys. Pe- yeah. People go and they're like, I want to make money. Give me the pearl sequence reading. And I'm like, we got to unlock your childhood stuff first or <laughs> we get it into human design. And that's like, yeah, but how can you how what, like you all with human design? It's you're looking at all the conditioning that you experience, and so you have yeah. to go back to your childhood and you have to see what is the conditioning that you experience, mm-hmm. so that you can decondition, so that you can you know release all the blocks and the shadows that you've experienced. So yeah, inner child work is the best, and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be hard. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's the Venus sequence roundabout answer. <laughs> love that, love that so much. I actually want to come back to the unconscious earth placement so like that very bottom like Mm -hmm. that purpose so Mm -hmm. this is me selfishly just asking i've struggled to interpret that one for myself Mm -hmm. i'm like how would you interpret like a gene key 28 being there yeah for sure for sure and let me before we get right into gene key 28 i wanted to Mm -hmm. say something that if you're hearing purpose and you're like what does that mean so if you're hearing purpose and you're looking at the gene keys, you're like, what's going on? I would, and you want to know your purpose, look at three different places. Life's work, that is your conscious sense. That's what you do everywhere all of the time. Your vocation, your unconscious Mars is what you do for service for the collective and receive money for. And then your purpose is not what you do. It's how you do everything. And it's going to color how you do the things that you do. So if you're listening, you're like, wait, purpose is what I do. It's Mm -hmm. not what you do in Gene Keys. Purpose is how you do it. And my favorite, (laughs) I need to like put this on a t-shirt or something. My favorite way that I've heard this described is by Richard Rudd, obviously the founder. And he describes your purpose as the texture of your consciousness, which is like, the yummiest like description and like the coolest thing ever. So yeah, your purpose is the texture of your consciousness. So let's talk about Jinky 28. So Jinky 28, and, and this is like the, the kind of like format of the gene keys and how we talk about them. So we say the transformational path of the 28th gene key moves from purposelessness to immortality through the path of totality. So we move from the shadow to the city through the path of the gift, because along the path, you find a gift uh, and your job is to share that gift. So in, in the, in the human design system, Gene Key 28 is sometimes you'll see it called the gate of struggle, but it's also called the gate of the game player. It's a person who, if you're going to play the game, you're going to go all the way in, you know what I mean? And that is, that carries into the energy of Gene Key 28. When you see the word totality there, it's that purpose that lives life. If we're going to live by life, if you're going to do life, you're going to go all the way in. They're going to, I'm going to live it like fully. So who's, what kind of person doesn't live life fully? It's a person who is either afraid of dying or afraid of living. And both of those are gonna to lead to purposelessness. Cause you're like, what is my purpose? What should I do? If you're purpose, if you are purposeless, you are not going to be living life fully. And there's gonna be this sense of a fear of death or a fear of life, right? The the way that pairing partners work in the gene keys is that they trigger each other. And so the pairing partner of gene key 28 is gene key 27, right? That 28 is the Scorpio to the 27 Taurus. And so if somebody who's purposeless, what are they going to do? They're going to be pretty selfish, right? Because they're not, if they don't have a purpose, like they're just going to be looking out for themselves, especially if they have a fear of dying or a fear of living. It's just looking out for me. Like, how am I doing? Survival mode. Yeah, it's pure survival mode. And and all the shadows are victimhood, suffering, and survival mode. Like that is the, Mm. the frequency band of the shadow frequency. And conversely, a person who's super selfish is not going to find themselves to be very purposeful in their life. You know what I mean? Like they're, if they're just looking out for them all the time, how could they have a purpose? And so that's how those two shadows trigger each other versus when we step into the gift frequency, right? Because the the whole purpose of the gene keys is every gift contains a shadow. Hang on a second. Rewind. Every shadow contains a gift. (laughs) There we go. Every shadow contains a gift. And your job is not to eliminate the shadows. It's, it's just like the not self theme in human design. Your job is there to see when the red flag goes up and you're like, thanks, not self. That means this is not working for me. Now I'm going to pivot. Same thing with the shadows of the gene keys. You're feeling purposeless one day. You're like, okay, hang on a second. Where am I feeling like a victim of my purposelessness or a victim of self-sacrifice or whatever? And how can I like step out of that? What is the, what is the gift that is contained for me here? And so the gift of purposelessness or the gift of Jinky 28 is called is totality, right? Totality is that person who's I live life fully, like 100%. Like I, I play the game the way the game is meant to be played by the rules. I go full out all in and I have direction. I have purpose, right? There's 
a sense of I'm here to play the game. At least that's my purpose is like to be full out mm -hmm. and altruism and purpose and totality go together because we're not, we're no longer a victim of our selfishness or a victim of this kind of purposelessness. We're actually can, we actually can be enjoying in the flow and like living life. And so that's totality. It's somebody that can fully be in and altruism comes in because somebody that fully lives life is like, showing other people that it's okay to fully live life too and they can be giving as well because they're not afraid of dying or afraid of living and so now we can get true altruism because we're no longer victims and then immortality and selflessness these are the city frequencies these are some words like selflessness is more is is a word that in english we can understand more than immortality but you can see here some of the words are like, are like fluorescence or like mm -hmm. ascension and it's what the fuck does that mean other words justice celebration we think we know what that means but when you look into the cities you read about them you're like what the fuck i don't understand this and so with the city frequencies your job is always to surrender to them there's never we can't really like wrap our minds around them it's not something that we can in our conscious world in English, I can explain to you and you'll get it. But I'm saying when you're reading it, you're like, I get it, but I don't get it. And if you ever have a download and you then try to explain it to someone else, you're never going to be able yeah. to explain it. It's like the most fucked up, like mystical thing. So, but immortality is like that full surrender to like, what if you just lived life like fully in your totality? Like you wouldn't be afraid of dying and you would then live on forever. <laughs> it was the, is that is the sensation of that city when if you read in the book or listen to it he talks about the, the visual that i get in my mind of what he talks about it's like the cells that all break apart and keep living on forever you're not going to know that you're alive you're not going to you're not going to identify with mortal but you are immortal like truly like your consciousness lives on because we are all one we are all conscious and so again it's like stuff that is maybe not so possible to explain in english on a podcast but more of a contemplation and so for you it's like how you do everything is with the gift of totality like you go in and you put your total self into it you put everything into it not in a self-sacrificing way right because that would be selfishness that would be the pairing partner but in an altruistic way because that's that for you is how if you look at if you look at where this is it's in the splenic center that's the correct healthy way for you to do things is mm -hmm. by putting all of you into it in a loving and free and not a victim you know kind of consciousness so yeah that is jinky 28. oh i i love that interpretation and i love that like the radiance and the purpose spheres go together and as an astrology lesson with in a human design lesson your conscious sun and earth are always going to be exactly opposite and so your unconscious sun and earth are also always going to be exactly opposite are all the pairings in gene keys opposites yeah exactly all the pair every gene key has an opposite right so like 15 its opposite is 10 so 15 is like the gemini to the sagittarius 10. so, yeah. so that's why i actually love astrology because it helps me to visualize yes. where these are on is. the map yeah so the, everything has each and it's the same with the hexagrams eat there's a yin to every yang mm -hmm. so if you look at the hexagram foundation like i don't actually know the hexagrams of immortality and, and or <laughs> jinky 28 and jinky 27 mm -hmm. but for the ones that i do know for example like 51 and 57 which are pairing partners 51 is like wind or thunder over thunder and the opposite is wind over wind which is 57 oh. so it's the yin and the yang always on each opposite side I love how everything connects. It's so beautiful. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that interpretation with me. It really resonates. And it also really, I think my live a yummy life say, like phrase is it really speaks to that of I want people to fully live life. Like I yeah. also say things like I'm here for a good time and a long time. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is very gate 28. And I also have to like, I've confronted death a lot. Like I, even before mm. anyone close to me had passed away, I remember in sixth grade, I wrote a poem for a poetry contest as a perspective of the spirit of death visiting an old lady dying. Like what in the world was going through my 10 year old mind? But like, <laughs> just the energy of death or yeah. dying has always spoke to me. And I feel like we're gonna, I, I also say frequently, we're gonna die one day mm -hmm. so let's live it up or let's live a yummy life in the meantime or find your purpose or fulfillment words you can interchange and okay. and think about where jinky 28 is it's scorpio scorpio in the spleen yeah my so dad of course it's sun mm -hmm. gate is there mm -hmm. there you go yeah of course and he, that means he has 27 too and so for him his his life's work is totality but it's scorpio is like 
death. And that's what that gate 28 is about. And yeah, it's in the spleen. It's like intuitive health. So yeah, it all connects. It's so great. Like when I've, I've been building an app that maps all of this data Mm -hmm. and I, every time that I do it, I'm like, what the fuck? Like on my back, like shocked at how like perfect it all connects like it human really design is. astrology it's insane it's absolutely insane it's so <laughs> it. wild to me because even in teaching astrology to my students currently it's like we'll like we'll learn about the planets and then like these concepts and then there's a whole other layer and then because you've understood the first layer all of a sudden this next layer hits if you understand yep. jupiter as the greater benefic then all of a sudden when you learn about the trine aspect in the aspect doctrine in astrology, the trine is of the nature of Jupiter. So it's very great beneficial aspect typically. There's obviously more nuance to that when it comes to interpretations, but it's just, it really is mystical math. And then look at the pearl sequence where both Jupiter placements are in there and it's a triangle. Yep. Stop it. Stop it. Stop. But don't this shit slaps like I'm gonna I'm gonna put that as the quote for today. This shit slaps because it fucking does. It really does. It does. (laughs) So before we conclude this amazing conversation, I'd love if you could give like a brief breakdown of the the prosperity path as you did with the activation and the Venus sequence. Yeah, absolutely. In once we end the Venus sequence, we end with looking at this core wound and Mm -hmm. each of the line keynotes is like the medicine to that core wound. And so once you've healed all of that and one level right at a time, because every time you level up, you're going to go through the sequence Mm -hmm. again. But let's say you healed it for this at this level where you're at, you then become able to actually share that gift with people. Mm -hmm. And that's why the core wound is your vocation, because you The person who has gone through the most difficult fucked up version of that gene key, which is the shadow and that has that in the core wound Mm -hmm. is the person who is most qualified to give that as a gift because Mm -hmm. you've actually gone through the trenches. So as an example, and and I know probably a lot of life coaches are listening to this or any kind of coach really, you have this experience of, I can't coach on that because I wasn't born perfect at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the person who was born perfect at teaching cello is a horrible teacher. But right. the person who struggled and practiced cello every single day until their fingers bled and understood all of the whatever finger movements and octave shifts and whatever, that person is actually way better teacher than the person who just was mm-hmm. born perfect and just whatever picked it up quickly and whatnot. I say that knowing that we're both line twos and pick things up quickly, but you get my point. There's a difference between being a line two and there's a, and having actually the experience of your vocation and your core wound yeah. and really healing that. And you and I talked about my core when we were hanging out the other day. So you get that I went through that experience. So for mm-hmm. you, for everybody listening, your core wound your is actually your zone of genius. It is your biggest gift, but you get to heal that first, obviously. You can't just go through and be like, here's my shadow. So we get to heal that first. So from there, from that vocation, we actually, when you see the pathways here in genetic matrix, they actually aren't going from one end to the other, like all the rest of the pathways, there's two arrows, mm-hmm. but that you do actually start with a, with a direction first, and then it becomes like this vortex. <laughs> so mm-hmm. where you start first, once you've claimed your vocation and you're like, you know what, I'm going to heal this and I'm going to give this gift to the world, you actually go across to your culture sphere. And that is your unconscious Jupiter gate. And that pathway is called the pathway of initiation. So it's all about initiating your purpose and you are like initiating your vocation, like saying, yes, I'm going to answer the calling of my vocation. Not like I'm going to initiate like a manifester. It's just Mm -hmm. in your decision to accept the calling of your vocation, you are initiating your purpose or you're initiating your vocation. And from there, you would start to attract people similar to the attraction sphere very similar, your culture, you start to attract the people who are going to come and and work with you either on your team or be your clients and give you money for your gift. Mm -hmm. So it's anybody that's related to your purpose and and vocation when it comes to career and money, right? We're very specifically talking about taking action and, and receiving money in the Pearl sequence. And so that's your culture sphere. And then from there it goes up to the life's work, which the life's work, when we're looking at it in the Pearl sequence is actually called your brand. Because if you were to brand yourself anything, you'd brand yourself your conscious sun, which is 70% of your energy, the fire in, in your life. 
And so your brand becomes this essence that you're infusing your work with. Again, it's still not like what you do. That's your vocation. It's more about like the essence that people are feeling from you. So whenever people are working like with you specifically, they feel very enriched because the gift is enrichment. That's your brand. And then from there, you seal it by going back down to vocation. And that's the pathway of service because all of it is related to service. And then in the center, there's this pearl and that you can see that there's these pathways, these very small pathways. They don't have names. They're called quantum pathways. And it just becomes this kind of vortex. And at the very end, you can harvest this pearl at the end of all this hard work that you've done. And that pearl really shows your relationship with money. And so for you, like the line one keynote of the pearl is your relationship with money is just about simplicity. You desire money so you can just live a life you want Mm -hmm. and create and that's it. And being having a a decluttered space and decluttered mind is going to be really supportive for you when it comes to relating to money. But everybody has a different relationship to money. For me, it's charity because it's a line four. And so we all have a different relationship to money. And you want to know what's crazy is all of this stuff is so interesting when you look at it from the astrological perspective. So for example, vocation is unconscious Mars ruled by Aries. All of these are fire signs and it's cardinal fire. So it's initiating. The next pathway is called the pathway of initiation. (laughs) Then we get to Jupiter, which is your culture sphere, your unconscious. Jupiter is the planet of expansion, right? That pathway is called the pathway of growth. And it's, and and Jupiter's ruled by Sagittarius, which is a mutable fire, which is always growing and mutable, changing. And then we get to brand, which is your sun, which is ruled by Leo, which is fixed fire. It's like the thing that's always there, your brand. I'm always stamping this with like, my brand and who I am. I'm like punching my hand right now if that's what you're hearing (laughs) in the audio, you guys. So you're always like stamping your brand uh, into everything that you do. And then the pearl is your conscious Jupiter. So back to just that expansion and and growth and that mutable fire energy. And so everything in the pearl sequence is about action. All of the planets are ruled by fire signs Mm -hmm. and it's it's very masculine, masculine action work initiation mm-hmm. taking action kind of stuff yeah i already said that action 10 times <laughs> so yeah so that's the pearl so sequence cool. with an extra astrology concept so it sounds like the pearl is like the natural byproduct of after you go through the activation and the venus sequence and you claim your core slash your vac- vocation and then you go to the culture which is like what is the culture again if you could give it a tldr it's how you block or attract the people that come to you so if you're in the shadow of your culture you're gonna repel people so if you're being greedy about everything in your business for you 54 it's gonna block people but if you're aspirational it's gonna attract people so your culture is just how you attract the people to you right i can even like even it's your culture like your culture around you makes sense and then you go to the culture which is like your brand, how you express yourself, all that. And then it creates this vortex of this pearl. With my pearl in in Gene Key 38, I feel like Zuko with reclaiming my honor. (laughs) I just posted an an avatar human design meme today. Okay. Oh my gosh. I literally just posted one. You need to go see it. But yes, 38. 38 is a beautiful gene key and it's on the opposite side of your purpose, which is cool. Mm -hmm. So it makes that channel. But yeah, gate 38 is the gate of the fighter. And so are you fighting just for the sake of fighting? That's struggle. That's Mm -hmm. a shadow. But are you fighting for what's right? That's honor. Mm-hmm. And a fighter who fights is someone who perseveres, which is... I freaking love that. That's my yeah. EQ, Gates. They're both uh, of those. It's Gate 38. Wow. Wow. And okay, so before we conclude, me, I could talk to you for hours, but I'm really fascinated by the vocation pearl because it's that kind of blend of that core wound and the... And also what you're here, how you can best be of service to others. And it's that unconscious Mars, which in astrology, Mars is a malefic and malefic means bad bringer. It does not mean that Mars is bad. It's more nuanced than that, but it is a, it can be a challenging placement. Mars Mm -hmm. is especially if you're born during the daytime astrologically. So I'd love if you could speak to your journey with your, this placement for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually also born during the daytime. And so Mars was like a malefic for me. So yeah, I mean, my core wound and like my Mars, and when you see it in the Venus sequence, it's the EQ. It's like the like tween, like emotional self. So it is a challenging placement for sure. Yeah, when I first looked at my vocation, I sent a message to my mentor and I was like, 
is it possible that somebody could have a really difficult set of gene keys? And she was like, everyone feels, everyone feels like they have the most difficult combination of gene keys because it's your most difficult thing. Your lived experience. It's your lived experience. And I told you about right. my story, which we can get into maybe on part two or something like that because it's long. For me, my gene key there is, this is what you're asking, like my yeah, gene key, my like, experience there. Okay, in, good. In terms of business or work, yeah. Yeah, oh, okay, okay, cool. Okay, yes, okay, perfect. I was like, wait, I don't want to dive into the whole crazy no, story. No, not all that. not going to be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my gene key there is 44. The shadow is interference. So it's inter inter interference between people. It's like the, the friction that between two people in a relationship the thing that doesn't work out but the gift is teamwork and let me tell you something to me that is the most boring name out of all of the beautiful words in the gene keys the 64 times three words bro teamwork is the most boring fucking word so i've had a hard time with it i'm not gonna lie teamwork what it really is like two people coming together and really actually being able to it's two two halves are greater than or what is it the sum of the parts is greater than the whole working together it really becomes this bigger thing than just like two people on, on their own. And so the way that I've seen it is, and the way that I've used it in my business is, first of all, when I was doing my self-trust coaching, it was truly the teamwork vibe because that's a splenic center gate. Interference is about either misjudging or being distrusting. And so I needed to create that self-trust and I, and I needed to trust myself, which is the essence of teamwork, trusting yourself and trusting the other. So that was very direct. And this is how you, this is a good example, actually, because I used to do my vocation in a very direct way. Now I do it in a more indirect way, mm -hmm. which shows you, you don't have to just translate these words and be like, I have to do detachment, which is your vocation. So for me, teamwork was like, I'm going to teach you how to be a team with your human design. You're going to be a team with your intuition, like to my client, you're going to be able to trust yourself. You're going to be able to be a team with yourself and you can be able to create trust with other people because you trust yourself. So that was teamwork mm -hmm. then. Now it continues to be this kind of energy of, I love you knowing your design and being in a team with your design and knowing your gene keys like you trusting yourself it's still about self-trust but not from i'm teaching you my self-trust method it's i'm mentoring you like in my mastermind or in my gene keys readings like i'm teaching you this stuff and i'm mentoring you or in my products that i do it's about like in the app that i dial give you all this data it's here's all the data really how to trust yourself so you really understand your design be a team with the data in my readings on repeat course it's your business is going to be a team for you like you get to create a business that runs on its own so that you can be supported right you and your business is a relationship it's all about the relationship is like this the gene key is called karmic relationships and so my products, people are in relationship with my products and they support them in being in a relationship with themselves in a more indirect way. You'd think it would be like, yeah, let's talk about dating. But if you saw karmic relationships, you'd be right. like, oh my God, but it's a little bit different there. So, and the fully, the full city is synarchy. So we don't even need to get into that. But yeah, so that's how I use my vocation. I also feel like I see that in you with, with like gate 44 and the gift of pattern recognition and patterns, even mm -hmm. just you're being like, the signs, all of these are the fire oh, signs. Oh yeah. You know? And like even something I wanted to do for a long time because I came into human design from astrology was like mapping out the signs and the, the things and all yep. of that. But I was like, I don't think I'm the person to do that. And then when we connected and witnessing you embody that zone of genius of gate 44 and the vocation of that pattern recognition or of a resource to come back to. I think in, in the gates 44, if you look at it from the human design lens, it's like learning from the past to move forward. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then like having this resource I can come back to over and over again. So I love that. Literally. And that also helps me be in deeper relationship with all of the, the gates and all the things inside of human design or gene keys and astrology. You got it. Can you be my PR person, please? Because that was Hi. great. Yeah, that yes. was an amazing discussion of my product. Yeah, absolutely. And like mm -hmm. the pattern recognition thing that you said is so real. And like you have gate 44 too, so you mm -hmm. get it. But just like you said too, looking at the past, I notice myself all the time in mentorship. I'm like, when have you been your own expander? I talk to, to clients and they're like, I'm so afraid of this thing moving forward. And I'm like, hey, look back in your past. Look at all the stuff that you've accomplished in the past. It's like, it's always looking at past and fear of repeating past mistakes is the splenic fear, but it's because I fucking recognize the patterns of the past. And so that's exactly everything that you're saying. The other thing too, that you have to look at is a line keynote of the mm -hmm. vocation. And you and I have the same one, which is line three, which is strategy or implementation. And so for us, 
line one people are the ones that create new things, right? Line two are the people who find the value in them. We didn't create human design, gene keys, or astrology. We already know the value. Now we're like, how do I actually teach you to apply it? And so that is the line three vocation is application. So you're a line three. My friend Cassandra, who's also human design, gene keys, astrology is a line three. My mentor is a line three. It's my old mentor who taught me this stuff is a line three. So I just attract a a fuck ton of line three people in my life because we're the ones teaching this shit to actually be applicable. That's what, that's our job. So that's the line three vocation. I love that job too. I've loved teaching astrology and human design and like coming at it from like a trauma informed and a culturally rooted lens Mm. and really being like, how do you actually not just because a lot of times astrology and human design, all this stuff can be very heady. And so how do we actually bring it into the body and embody it and support our clients with that? And it's not just about dumping a bunch of information on them. Something like I think, and which is why I don't like to do readings that much anymore, because I like to do them occasionally, but oftentimes I have to record my sessions because I want to give you a million pieces of information. But like when I'm not in reader Neha mode and I'm in coach Neha mode, I might share a couple of pieces of your human design or your astrology, but like only enough for you to implement it right now, right here, which is that line three energy. I love that. How would you TLDR, like a quick, quick interpretation of how would you interpret 842 here in the vocation? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So 42, the transformational path of the 42nd gene key moves from expectation to celebration through the pathway of detachment. Mm-hmm. And so 42, it's in, uh, not the splenic center, the sacral center, and it's related to seven year cycles. It's like the, it's yeah. about, if you look at the gate, it's like the gate of growth. It's, it takes on the pressure of the new beginnings of gate 53, which is that root center. And it actually sees them to completion, which is it responds to the root center pressure of gate 53. And it actually brings it to completion using sacral energy. So the expectation shadow there is being a victim of your expectations. It's like you either expect it to turn out the certain way faster than it's actually turning out or slower than it's turning out by a certain timeline. There's this like thing with time with the 42nd gene key because mm-hmm. it's those seven year cycles. But you're just an, a victim of your expectations in general of just like how you relate to other people, like how you mm-hmm. expect other people to be, how you expect your business to turn out, how you expect clients to show up or not show up or whatever. It's just all of it is I have this expectation of this being a certain way. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a shadow state it's a suffering state because you're weighed <laughs> down by expectations one of the gifts of so two things here so all of the shadows are related and so therefore all the gifts are related and all the cities are related one of the gifts it's specifically the 30th gene key is that gift is lightness and so you'll find lightness in every single one of the gifts and so whenever we move from the shadow to the gift, we feel lighter on our feet. We don't feel Mm -hmm. so weighed down. All of the shadows are heavy. It's like distraction, Mm -hmm. struggle, greed, limitation, Mm -hmm. expectation. Like you see the heaviness of those words versus the gifts are like detachment, dynamism, synergy, magnetism. It's like all these Mm -hmm. very light words, lightness, aspiration. They're very like, ah. So detachment is, and I could talk about detaching from the outcome all day long because that was a thing that people would scream at me all the time, just detach from the outcome. And I'm like, bro, fuck does that even mean <laughs> and if you were to look at any gene key that talks about this it's this gene key here which is k42 there's this feeling of you're not actually weighed down by your expectations you can actually just go through life without expectations without having any sort of meaning that you're adding to the things that you are doing the things that are happening and you can actually just be again surrender in the celebration of life because there's no need for you to be adding all these expectations mm. on, onto things. And so for you as a, as having this being in your core, it's like the shadow here would be like, you have just been, uh, and I say you to anybody who has this in their core, I'm not trying to like personally attack you, Neha, uh, <laughs> but you might feel it like an attack or like a very deep thing. But if anybody with this gift, with this uh, shadow in their core has had, has been disappointed a lot. They've had, a, they've put a lot of expectations on a lot of things on themselves, on the people around them. And it's a thing that they're ashamed of, that they've, been disappointed so much that's like oh, if I could just not have all these expectations especially line three the shadow there is shame for the line three like wound 
Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a lot of shame attached to it. And are the person that intimately knows the most being disappointed by your expectations. And so that's why you're going to be the best qualified person to know exactly how to detach from those expectations and actually just be in the celebration of life. This is Aries gate too, which is fun. It's like Aries in Mars. Like it's like nice fire there. And the, the pairing partners, 32, you know, 32 is, is all about ancestral reverence. And that's actually my yeah. culture sphere. And the gift of 32 is per preservation. And so we preserve what works and what doesn't work. And we detach from any sort of meaning of it. It's not good or bad. It just works or it doesn't work. Mm. It just functions or it doesn't function. It gets us closer to enlightenment or get, and surrender or it gets us closer to shadow and suffering. It's very detached yeah, from meaning and from morality and from the heaviness, the judgment of good and bad. So that's detachment. And so for you, the people that work with you, if you're if this being in your vocation, it's, they're going to feel that lightness working with you, that they don't have to put so many expectations on themselves. You're somebody that you've bounced off the bottom, like you've experienced a lot of tough shit and now you can be more detached because that's the life, that small moment isn't life or death. You've survived it. It's that energy of detachment. You're wiser. You're, yeah, think of the guru on the mountain. Like they are detached because they have experienced more than the seven-year-old who thinks that their balloon falling on the ground is is life or death that's the energy of detachment for me that's funny i have a vivid memory of me four years old and my balloon flying away and crying but yeah Yeah. i really that it's my gene key so it definitely resonates with me (laughs) but i i think of like me in high school being so excited and like working really hard to get to college and like having all these expectations of what college would be like and then just being traumatized lol and even in my business, yeah. having all these like expectations of, okay, now this is going to happen. Even just before we recorded this, I was talking to my friend. I was like, so what happens if God has betrayed you, betrayed your trust, and disappointed you, LOL. I'm mean, sitting with that. And at the same time, one of my easiest launches ever was my human design and astrology course. And pretty much Pretty fast after actually starting to teach the course, I realized I way underpriced the course. And because I detached me showing up being of service on those calls, and I even extended the length of the program and had it added way more court like classes and support and office hours, I've added way more than would be the value of the program. But because I was, I detached the, Mm -hmm. what people paid versus, okay, now they're here and I want them to learn astrology and human design the best way they possibly can. It's, it is really easy for me to show up and it does feel like a celebration. I feel like I'm constantly celebrating my clients who are learning this and implementing it in their own businesses and their lives. So that was so perfect. Thank you for being so generous with your knowledge and your wisdom. Yeah, happy to. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. So tell everyone where they can find you, work with you, do all the things. Yes, all of the things. Okay, so everything that I do and everything that I create is all on Instagram at by Maria Henning because everything that I create is by Maria Henning. So very Manny Jen undefined G-Center brand Mm -hmm. uh, there. And if you were, if you loved this, hearing this with Neha, I actually am offering Gene Keys readings right now where we go through all three sequences. Might not still be around by the time that this episode goes out, but just send me a DM and we can have a conversation. I love just send me a DM. And I also do mentorship around this in a mastermind component. So yeah, that's the main two ways you can get mentorship from me. And other than that, I have an entire app that is coming out Mm -hmm. soon that maps all this data. And if you're a reader and you want a ton of support on your business and how to create the reading side of business and scale passive readings and scale beyond readings, Readings. I have an entire course on that called Readings on Repeat as well. But all of it you can find on my Instagram. And I'd love to connect with any of you listening. Like seriously, just send me a DM. I'm a real human that loves to connect. So say hi. Tell me you found me from this podcast. And I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. So I will link her Instagram below. And yes, follow her, talk to her, connect with her. Maria is just such a gem. Uh, a pearl, Aww. as they would say in, <laughs> yes, of course. And to all my listeners and everyone out there, as always, have a yummy day. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Thinking About Life podcast. If you love this episode, share it with a friend and give it a five-star rating, especially on Apple Podcasts. It truly helps the podcast get in front of new people and create a ripple effect. Share about it on your social media. And if you do, tag me on Instagram and on TikTok at lovenehacha. That's spelled L-O-V-E-N-E-H-A-J-H-A. And my website is www.lovenehacha. 